so good to see you tonight. It's, I love this service. I love that uh, little ones all the way up to um, older young ones are in the room together. I love the sweet sound of the singing of the children. So don't worry, we're just family time tonight. If kids uh, make some noise, it's, it just makes it so much more beautiful. You know, three times in the book of Luke, chapter 2, we find the phrase laid or lying in a manger. Laid or lying in the manger. After giving birth to Jesus, Mary wrapped him, wrapped her son Jesus in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, verse 7. The shepherds were given a sign or a clue to go and find the birth of a Savior. The angel told them they would find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Verse 12. And then just as that angel said, the shepherds went, and the scripture says in verse 16, they found Mary and Joseph with their son who was lying in a manger. So in just 10 verses, Luke tells us three times that that Jesus, the Son of God, was lying in a manger, lying in a manger. Now, with repetition like this, the author, he's trying to, to get our attention. He's trying to emphasize something. He wants us to see something that's significant in the text, in the story of the birth of Christ. Now, Luke doesn't give any description of the place where Jesus was born, but we do know that the Roman emperor, he had made a decree that, that the, all the world be registered, or a, in a sense, a census to be taken. Everyone counted. People returned to their family homesteads to be, to be officially counted and recorded. Therefore, Mary and Joseph, they made their way about, about 90 miles from Nazareth there to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's hometown, to, to be registered. Now, let me pause here just a minute, point out something that I think is just very incredible. 700 years prior to the birth of Jesus, 700 years, the prophet Micah revealed that the birthplace of the Messiah, of Jesus, would be in the town of Bethlehem. The seven centuries later, just as, just as predicted, a decree grows, goes out from Rome that would affect the entire world. A census would be taken. People would go to their homesteads to be counted. And the very timing of details of Jesus' birth was fulfilled in this prophecy. God was planning and orchestrating all of it. So if God took such providential care in in the details of timing and place for his son to be born, that same God was taking very good care and his providential hand was at work so that his son would be wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Jesus was guided by the hand of his father to that very manger. Now, back in Bible days, many homes had stables with, where their animals were, were kept. 
in a home of a poor family, the stable would be maybe right next to the house, adjacent to the house, or even just off the living quarters, part of the living quarters, and the animals would be there. Oftentimes, the, you'd have the living quarters, and then you'd, it would kind of sink down a little bit, and this is where the, the animals would, would be kept. If you were fortunate enough to have maybe a two-story building, the families would live on the second floor, and then that first floor would be the stable where the animals were, were kept. The manger was, was actually uh, the feeding trough where, those, where the animals would, would eat. It's oftentimes made out of, of rock, hewn uh, rock, so that uh, the animals would come and eat and not knock it over all the time. And then if, if, if the house was next to a, a rock area, they would even carve it into the, into the walls there. The bottom line is that Jesus, God's son, was born in a messy animal shelter and placed in a makeshift bed where animals were fed. Why a manger? Why a manger? We just sang songs Speaking of Jesus' birth, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. A manger is no place for the birth of an earthly king, much less the birth of the king of heaven and earth. A manger birth points to poverty and to obscurity and even rejection. The heavenly prince of peace, think about it, makes his entrance through a barn and a feeding trough. Why a manger? Why a manger? Well, a manger birth shows us the purpose of his coming. Jesus came to shepherd his sheep. In fact, he's the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, John 10, 11. And like a good shepherd, he would live with and walk among his sheep. Luke 2, 12. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. It was a sign for the shepherds, but friends, it is a sign for you and me. Jesus wasn't born in a palace where only royalty had access. No, Jesus, Jesus was born in a manger. He was accessible. He was one of us, fully God, and yet at the very same time, fully man. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a, as a ransom for many. I love the way the Apostle Paul, in writing to the believers there in, in a town called Philippi, he said it this way, Philippians 2, beginning in verse 5. He says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is also yours in Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being, being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, Jesus emptied himself. He, he became a servant. And that's exactly, that's exactly what he had to do. 
In fact, 30 years later, when Jesus began his earthly ministries, he, we read about it in just a couple chapters from Luke 2, or in Luke chapter 4. Jesus walks, he's in Nazareth, and he goes into the, into the synagogue there, and he's, he's actually invited to read the scripture, much like Terry did for us tonight. And uh, a scroll is, is handed to him. In fact, here it is in verse 17. It says, the, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to Jesus. And he unrolled it and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus said, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. It's almost like he dropped the mic right there. That's me. Jesus came to serve, to bring good news to the poor, to bring freedom to those who who are held captive and blinded by sin, to set free those who are oppressed and beaten down by the world, and to usher in the hope of salvation. The humble manger birth pointed to his servant ministry. Jesus came to serve those in need, the broken, the hurting, the lost, those with burdens and struggles and disappointments. Jesus was born in a messy manger because he came to save and to love messy people like you and me. And friends, this is the good news of great joy that's for all people. Our burdens, our struggles and pain are simply signs that things are not right. When sin entered the world there in the Garden of Eden, brokenness and despair entered with it. It began to reign and affected our lives. Most tragically, the chasm just just increased in our relationship between us and God. This chasm just just separated us and made it, made it impassable for us to be in relationship with God. We're all in a spiritual mess, helpless to make our way out of, of the curse of sin's darkness. But God, but God in his immeasurable love He sent a light into our darkness. He sent his son to rescue us from sin's curse and to bring us back into relationship with his father. Jesus Christ humbled himself and walked among messy people so that we could be back, that chasm could be bridged and we could be back in relationship with God. He lived a sinless life. And then he humbled himself one last time by becoming obedient unto death, even death on a cross, that passage says, where he would offer the forgiveness of sin and the gift of eternal life. Think about it for a moment. Jesus, Jesus went from a manger to a tree, a feeding trough to a criminal's cross. A humble beginning and an humble end so that we could have a new beginning. 
1 John 4, 9 through, 9 through 10 says it this way. And this, the love of God was made manifest. It showed up among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, we couldn't. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin, the, the just and satisfactory sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Friend, if you haven't claimed this incredible gift of forgiveness and new life, it can be yours by simply turning from sin and trusting in Jesus as that Savior. You can have an abundant and blessed life now and forever by believing in all that Jesus has done for you from manger to cross. There's no greater Christmas gift than to receive the gift of God's love wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, living a perfect life, going to a cross, then a grave, rising from that, from that grave, and now ascended at the right hand. We turn from sin and trust in him. The humble birth is also a call to action, really for all of us. Did you catch the first part of that passage in Philippians 2 we read a while ago? Philippians 2, that verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Think about it this way. Do, put your minds in line with Christ and, and be like him, in a sense, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. Paul is telling us, Hey, Jesus came to serve. He humbled himself to serve. And we, as followers of Christ, this is our call to follow Christ in servanthood. As followers of Jesus, we're to humble ourselves like Jesus, to serve others like, like Jesus served us. And just as Jesus stepped into the messiness of our lives, that's what we do. We step into the messiness of one another's lives. And we help point one another to the one who is our hope and our peace, our joy, and our light. So think about it this Christmas. Who, who can you serve? Who in your family can you serve and love like Jesus? Who in your neighborhood? Who, who do you know? Who's that person that's maybe even coming to your mind right now that, you know, and I'm going to humble myself and just go serve them and love them, no strings attached, put on the mind of Christ, humble, and, and just love. It's a good thing that Jesus was born in a messy place, that Jesus was born to serve and to save messy people like you and me. Because if Jesus hadn't done that, we'd still be in a mess, wouldn't we? 
What a Savior. This Christmas, go to the manger and see the child, the king, wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And remember why he did that, why he humbled himself, why the king of glory would do such a thing. He did it for you and for me. Let's pray. The beauty of a, of a manger. God, that you would send your son to this earth in such a way. A smelly barn. That's no place for the king, but all the, the beauty of it. God, we have access. We've, through Jesus Christ, we can, be, we can be back in relationship with you. It's, it's, a, it's a Savior. It's, a, it's one who's acquainted with us. He's one who's walked this earth, who knows struggles and pain and disappointment and temptation. Yet he did it without any sin so that we might have life abundantly. So we thank you, Lord, for sending your Son into the messiness of our darkness in order to lift us into your marvelous light. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.